Prologue, May 17, 1985 I miss Mommy and Daddy, A.J. repeated for the twentieth time since they left her home. Aunt Bev turned the volume down on Foreigner's number one hit, wiped tears from her eyes, and stopped singing about wanting to know what love is. She sniffed, peered in the rearview mirror, and attempted to smile at the eight-year-old in the back seat. I do miss them. I'm not going to stop. A.J. crossed her arms. I know, honey. She blinked through her tears. Tell you what, why don't you try to relax for a while, get some sleep? By the time you wake up, we should be at Granddaddy Truman's house. Aunt Carol said she'd make your favorite cookies, chocolate oatmeal. Bev sniffed again and wiped beneath her nose with the back of her hand. And I'll let you tell Granddaddy Truman and Aunt Carol all about the names we picked for the baby. There was no use changing the subject back to Mommy and Daddy. Aunt Bev wasn't listening. All right, I'll sleep. If I can unbuckle. A.J.'s aunt sighed from the front seat. We've barely left home. It isn't safe. Then I won't sleep. Another heavy sigh, and Aunt Bev rolled the window down. Go ahead, I'm too spent to fuss with you. I love you, though. Love you, too, sweetie. A.J. unbuckled. Even with three big suitcases in the trunk of the Buick, Aunt Bev had tossed extra clothes on the floorboard. A.J. shimmied beneath them and enjoyed the warmth of feeling covered, protected, and safe. Daddy's scent, like Old Spice and soap, enveloped A.J. with the fabric. Mama's scent, a combination of lavender and downy, wasn't as strong, but it was there, too. A.J. had asked to bring some of their things along so she could remember. The engine vibrated through the car, made a soft rumble against A.J.'s ear on the floor, and provided a soothing belly tickle that should have lulled any kid to sleep. It wouldn't have taken long to surrender to the pull of exhaustion if her aunt hadn't slowed the car. From within the cloth cocoon, A.J. blinked. The engine purred to a stop. Were they there already? No, they couldn't be. But they'd passed all the town's stoplights. They were on the little two-lane road that led the way to Granddaddy Truman's. Why had they stopped? Do you need help? Aunt Bev called out. No offense, ma'am, but I believe I need a man's help. Your husband with you? The male voice wasn't as deep as Daddy's had been, but it wasn't a little boy's voice either. I'm not ma- Aunt Bev started, then paused mid-word. She gasped, then whispered a near-silent, Oh, no. Footsteps on gravel penetrated the car. A.J.'s skin bristled. Do you need any- Aunt Bev started again, her voice quivering. The hinges on the door squeaked as someone yanked it open. A.J. heard her aunt's muffled attempt to scream. Shifting beneath the cover, she peered between the layers of Mama's summer sweaters and Daddy's dress shirts to see her aunt's blonde head pressed against the seat. A big hand covered her mouth, and her eyes sought out A.J., then widened. Her head moved in that no motion A.J. recognized. Before today, Aunt Bev had made that motion when A.J. had done something wrong. This time, it meant something else. No, A.J., don't yell. Don't scream. Don't speak. Don't let him see you. A.J. swallowed. Tears burned as the man released her aunt's mouth and hit her face with his fist. Aunt Bev screamed. He growled, pounding and yelling and screaming and crying. Aunt Bev! More cries, more pleas, more screams, more growls. And then, nothing. A.J.'s throat stopped working. It tightened and clenched and burned while she listened, struggling to hear anything at all. Maybe her ears had stopped working, too. Maybe this was a bad, terrible dream, and in a minute she'd wake up 
and her throat would work, and her ears would work, and Aunt Bev would look at her with those big scared eyes, silently telling A.J. to be quiet, telling her not to scream. A.J. couldn't scream. She could barely breathe, and she struggled to hear. There it was, the first sound wedging through the fog in her head, Aunt Bev's breathing. Breathing, no, gurgling. Another sound, a louder sound, found its way in through the haze, a car roaring to life, then tires spinning on gravel as it sped away. He's gone, her mind whispered, but maybe, just maybe, he could still see the car. She couldn't let him see her. If he did, she might not be able to get help for Aunt Bev, and she had to get help. Aunt Bev made another sound like trying to vomit, and A.J. forgot about waiting. She pushed the clothes away, jerked up from the floorboard, then peered over the seat. Blood! Everywhere!